Good morning. This is the February 17th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone who wants to join us. My name is John, and on today's episode, we're talking about who made a surprise appearance in Philly on this day in 1996. So it's early 1996. The phrase high-speed internet is not yet part of the vernacular. But the internet is exploding as more and more Americans are buying their very own home computers and connecting them to the rest of the world through a 56K modem, if they're lucky. And this explosion of technology was great for one industry beyond all others. Porn. But we're a wrestling show, so it's fair to say that technology was also pretty kind to the world of professional wrestling. As fans worldwide became more interconnected through the World Wide Web, Paul Heyman, ever a man ahead of his time, decided to lean into the fast-growing niche that would come to be known as the internet wrestling community by holding an event titled Cyberslam. If you were an ECW fan at the time, the top of this card had some serious juice. Raven successfully defended the ECW World Heavyweight Championship against Sandman. Those Raven-Sandman matches over the world title were plentiful, but not to be missed. Too Cold Scorpio held on to the ECW World Television Championship after a 30-minute time limit draw with Sabu that you should hit Peacock and give a viewing to the next time you've got a half hour to spare. And the Pitbulls and Francine took on the Eliminators and Stevie Richards in a six-person dog collar match. Yes, Francine put some wrestling boots on her feet, a dog collar around her neck, and very little in between as she got extreme alongside the Pitbulls in a nearly 15-minute war. However, prior to those bouts, there was not a lot to write home about as far as bell-to-bell action goes. There was a Bubba Ray Dudley 36-second squash of WWF washout Mr. Hughes, a sub-two-minute manhandling of an unfortunate fellow named Joel Hartgood by Taz, and a four-minute win by the Harris Brothers, or the Bruise Brothers as they were being billed on this card. But the most memorable moment of this show did indeed take place on that unspectacular undercard, and it was the talk of the wrestling world in the days of weeks to come. Just after Taz's two-for-one special where he choked out Mikey Whipwreck in the aftermath of his victory over the aforementioned Joel Hartgood, Joey Styles took to the ring to welcome the fans from across the country and around the world to ECW's first annual internet convention. A moment later, the lights went out in South Philly. They came back up a split second later after Styles would utter the words, Who the hell are you? to a figure who had joined him in the ring. The ECW fans had no such confusion. Dead center opposite the hard cam, about three or four rows back, was a young man in a Mike Quick throwback jersey. He put his hands to his head and became the physical embodiment of the reaction of most of the wrestling fans at that moment. Holy shit. It was the loose cannon, Brian Pillman. Less than a week earlier, Pillman had lost a, quote, I respect you strap match at Super Brawl 6 to Kevin Sullivan. The stipulation was that the loser had to declare their esteem for the winner after all the brutality was said and done. Pillman grabbed a mic and spoke the now famous phrase, I respect you, Booker man. Although the days of ironclad kayfabe were dwindling, Pillman's outing of Sullivan as the Booker was flagrant enough to be noticeably cut from commercial offerings of this event in the future. Brian Pillman was summarily fired by Eric Bischoff the next day from World Championship Wrestling. 
If you watched the Brian Pillman episode of Dark Side of the Ring, you saw Eric Bischoff explain that Pillman was fired in an effort to create a buzz around his character so that Bischoff could justify bringing him back at an increase in pay. So Pillman being fired from WCW was part of the plan. Showing up in ECW to stir up the internet fans was part of the plan. How it played out though? Well, you be the judge. Pillman started by telling Styles he liked him as an announcer. Certainly more than that quote-unquote announcer who had taken away his constitutional rights. Pillman exclaimed that he had been fired by Eric Bischoff, or should I say jerk-off. It didn't take much to set the ECW fans off. Before Pillman even mentioned his former boss by name, the crowd at the ECW arena was already off to the races. The Camptown races, to be exact, as they tweaked a Civil War-era minstrel standard to fit the chorus of Bischoff takes it up the ass, do-da, do-da. And Pillman wasn't any more respectful to the, quote, former coffee gopher for Vern Gagne, unquote, calling him a piece of fucking shit. Nope. No subtlety or flowery prose here, folks. At that point, Styles tried to throw to a break. A bombshell had been dropped. Brian Pillman was in the ECW arena. But Pillman was far from done. He had played to the crowd by bashing Bischoff. He had played to the city of Philadelphia by referencing his constitutional rights, to freedom of speech, one would presume, by mentioning that Philadelphia was the birthplace of the Constitution. A small error in judgment there, the ECW faithful didn't pay a lot of attention in history class, and that line was met with abject silence. Pillman continued to unleash a full bluntal attack of obscenity as he turned on the crowd, comparing Bischoff to all the smart marks, like those in the Philly audience, he went on to give some examples of what a mark is. Now, I'm not sure any of his examples will ever show up in Webster's Dictionary, but like Bluto referencing the Germans bombing Pearl Harbor, he was rolling, so everyone just went with it. That is, until he declared that he would do, quote, the only appropriate thing Brian Pillman should do. I'm gonna whip out my Johnson and piss in this hellhole. Unquote. As Pillman reached for his belt and top button, Styles told him to put that thing away, and within seconds, Commissioner Todd Gordon and Booker Man himself, Paul Heyman, were in the ring. Both Gordon and Heyman warned Pillman that this was not part of the deal. Referees Shane Douglas and before long two Philadelphia police officers would join them in the ring. Gordon instructed security to get him out of here. FUs were exchanged, and Pillman rolled to the floor where he was being escorted out by the police. But they didn't cuff him, so he made a stop to confront a fan in the front row, who threw a terrible worked punch a mile over Pillman's head. The loose cannon then pulled the fan over the barricade, rolled him into the ring, pulled a fork out of his curb-stomping boots, and began stabbing the fan. The franchise streaked back into the ring in a blur, and Pillman rolled out the opposite side. The next four minutes were a bit of a clusterfuck. Security led Pillman back through the curtain, but that wasn't good enough for Shane Douglas, who had a seat on a steel chair in the center of the ring and declared the show would go no further until he saw that WCW reject thrown out the front door, which of course was diagonally opposite the building from the curtain to the backstage area. So Pillman was dragged back out in front of the fans, around the ring, and finally made it out of the building. It was a pivotal moment in the career of Brian Pillman, 
Regardless of whether you believe Bischoff had ever had any intentions of bringing him back, Pillman would create enough of a stir to eventually catch the attention of Vince McMahon and land himself a job in the WWF. But it all really kicked off with his appearance at Cyberslam on this day in wrestling history, February 17th, 1996. Well, that's our show for today. The Daily Wrestling News Show is a Minutes to Bell Time production. Learn more at minutestobelltime.com. This episode was written by John DeConti. Subscribe to the Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice and join us in the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group.